Can't attack what you don't know about. No, I say I say this. I've seen, and this is my my rationale. One, I've had, I've I've literally been on a few different parts of that. I've had a woman ask me after two weeks of dating, "How come you don't post that?" I was like, "Cause we ain't built." What do you mean? We ain't built nothing. We done been out three times and I kissed you on the cheek and walked your ass to the house. And that's and we haven't built anything. I'm not posting you. People are so worried about the presentationship of a relationship. Okay. A presentationship is a real thing. A lot of people have presentationships. You don't have a relationship. Y'all have a whole bunch of really great photogenic moments for social media. Yep. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. Hello. My name is Nema and I'm from Zambia. So I love the Dear Future Wifey podcast. For me to see people being so real, so honest, and so true about the real situations in life. Hey, I'm Natalie from Belgium and I would like to, to say thank you. I value your content because it is Christ-centered. You have set a standard in love. Dear Future Wifey podcast has um, opened my understanding. I highly recommend that everyone, whether you're single, you're married, you're divorced, you're widowed, everyone to go follow this podcast. Continue with me as I discover, uncover, and recover love. I'm Latarius R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Terrace R. Whitfield. Listen, if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Stop shacking up with us and hit that subscription button. We're trying to get to 50,000 subscribers by the one-year anniversary of the Dear Future Wifey Podcast, which is coming up on April the 15th. So help me share this video so uh, we can reach that 50,000 goal. Man, I am so excited to have today's guest on the podcast. This is my homie. I've worked with this brother before on one of my uh, plays and a couple of my shows. And uh, just an all-around good brother. Um, you've seen him in Tyler Perry's plays. You've seen him on television shows. Seen him in movies. Uh, I really enjoy it when I get a chance to break bread and talk to my brothers, especially brothers that are in the industry as actors. So without further ado, put your hands together. For my homie, Christian Keys. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Man, let me tell you something. You've been you've been busy. You have been totally Thank busy. God. <laughs> I don't want to sit. I don't want to sit at home, man. I, this is the part of the blessing I signed up for. I want to be working and creating. So how how's life been during the pandemic? You've been you've been staying busy. Uh yeah, man. I am. Um, I was blessed to uh, sell my first TV show. Yeah. Um. I created it probably, I wrote the movie maybe 10, 11 years ago and it ended up being my first novel. Wow. And, um, uh, and I started shopping it as a show, got some interest, but got a lot of no's and yeah. got a few maybes and got an option a couple of times. And then finally a studio was like, hey, we see where you're going with this. We like this. We want this. You know, run that, turn that over. So, so when was so, that? When did that get picked up? Say that again. When did that get bought? When when did they purchase that? Um, last, last officially last spring, but I had been reworking the pilot from like fall of nineteen, twenty nineteen. So twenty nineteen. Um, so that was a tedious process because the, the pilot got reworked and reworked six, seven times. Um, they liked the pilot. We were in pandemic, couldn't really do a writer's room, so 
you know, they were like, okay, well, why don't you write the season? So I wrote episode two and they liked that too. And they were like, you know, we got some changes, but it's here, it's in here. So let's, let's keep that going. So I would turn in an episode every couple of weeks and, you know, every, the, a week later I would get the notes on the previous episode and it was just, it was a good situation. Um, a really good, really thorough development team, uh, excited about it. I, I, I huh, can't, can't I, talk I'm about kinda, it. Kind of. When does this come out? Because they still have. It's, 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 it's gonna come out Wednesday. It's coming out tomorrow. Oh wow. Okay. So um. So, okay. Well, Wednesday. Yeah. You can't I doubt talk the about. Release it. is gonna be out as of yet. So, um, I only have two books. So it's either Doctor Feelgood or it's Lady. <laughs> so it's, so it's, it's so, one of the so other. Based on one of those, and um, and only one of those is my first book, and that's all I'm gonna say. Um. <laughs> And, but it's a really good story. I'm, I'm so close. I'm on the edge over here. I'm no, just, edge just back up. Just back up. Just back up from the edge. Yeah, I'm so, going to get off the edge. So, but, so, so let but, me say um, this. How does it feel to sell your first, like, TV show? Like, this is big. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing blessing. And then to be able to to have your creative input valued is is an amazing and reassuring feeling but it also the development process lets you know that you that my process is far from over yeah you know there's yeah. things that maybe in the in the first drafts or the second draft um that maybe i i didn't answer and moving forward you know with with the notes and the the growth that i had to, you know you really got to stretch as a writer going through these processes like you don't want to get rid of this character yeah yeah but let's say there's a character restriction or we were in covid and um, you can only have so many background extras, you know, and you can only have so many primary cast members. So sometimes you got to merge characters, you know, take this character and that character and boom, now they got all, <laughs> all the issues from both of them. And, you know, it, it's a part of the process. Yeah. And um, it, it taught me a lot. You know, you got to fight for what you want to fight for in the script, but also be a good teammate and be flexible and do what's best for the project. Christian, you and I had a conversation years ago uh, while you were in Dallas with one of the plays that I was directing, and I couldn't shake that conversation. I still haven't been able to shake it uh, thus far, and we're going to talk about that. Talk about your – we're going to dig deeper into your your upbringing and, and some of the stuff that you had to overcome. I mean, I was literally almost in tears in that van while you were just sharing the story. Like, it was just – like, it's – because you think that – you would be in tears sharing this story, but of course this is your story. So you've lived the, the, the brunt of the pain while you were going through it. Uh, but just to hear it, you know, and to see you not look like what you've been through, like it, it, it really messed me up. Um, today's episode, I like to come up with fun and creative names for the episode. This episode is going to be called keys to my heart. And so, oh my, that's so that's so easy. It's so easy. Better than well, that. I tried to come up with something, but I said, you know what? This is a podcast about love and relationships. So I said, hey, you know, okay, Kristen, you're a writer. What would you say? What would you call it? Um, let me see. Let me see. Uh, uh, major keys. Major keys. Major K E Y E S. Ah, ah, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. We're gonna flip it. We're gonna give you the honor of naming your episode. Major keys. I like it. Thank you, sir. Major Appreciate keys. It. So that's dope. So we're going to talk about these major keys that got you to the point that you are. Um, a lot of people look at you. I, when, I, when I made a post on my podcast page yesterday, the minute I made the post talking about what questions should I ask uh, Christian Keys, 
And one of my homegirls called me. She's like, oh, my God, you got my celebrity crush. I love him. He's amazing. He's beautiful. I love everything about him. I love the way he looks. I like the way he's, he built, he's built. I love the way he sings. I love his acting. I love this man and has never had one conversation with you. But she could say that she absolutely loves you. And uh, a lot of people look at you from afar and they idolize you. Uh, some of them actually obsess over you and not really knowing who you are as a man, the things you had to overcome. And so on the Dear Future Wifey podcast, I have this um, moniker of keeping it lit where we live intentionally and transparently. And you've been an open book, always have been. I want, I want to just dig deep and find out what makes keys operate in the way that he does and we're going to unveil these major keys in your life so let's talk about let's your upbringing let's talk about this upbringing so uh touch on that um man it was crazy um i was given up for adoption when i was three and a half went into foster care at four uh bounced around uh four or five different foster homes got adopted when i was six by mrs keys um Stayed there until I was 12, and during those six years, around age eight, so the last four years that I was with her, it got really, really bad. The um, the vicious and violent uh, child abuse. It was uh, it was horrific. You know, we got beat with everything that she'd get her hands on, and I understand the need to discipline a child and spank a child, and you know, put them over your knee, and you know, stop running across the street so you don't die. That's you know, that's discipline. That's parenting. Um. But, you know, uh, you bring a C home and you get beat, you know, you you get too big for the belt and she starts holding the leather side and beat you, beat us with the belt buckle. Um, scalding hot showers, freezing cold showers, stand outside naked in the snow um, at nine years old. And I didn't even steal that money. I stole a few times just being transparent. I stole a bunch. Um, but that time I didn't even take her money. I don't even know who did actually, but I had to stand outside twice naked in the snow in January in Michigan. And that's the part that messed um, me up. When you told me that, that's the story I can't shake is to have yeah. a young boy standing outside on the porch, butt naked in the freezing winter of, of, of Michigan. Yeah. And then like I would be banging on the door crying and she would crack the door just enough to get the belt through to, to hit me with it, to back me away from it. And then she closed it again and tell me to shut up. And in between, she, you know, she brought me back in the house um, after the first time, at the first, you know, it was only a few minutes. It was probably like eight or 10 minutes, but it felt like an hour. Um, brought me in the house and put me in a freezing cold shower. Out of that into a freezing cold shower and she was standing in the back and spank you underneath the back under the water. I'm already freezing. And she would spank you back underneath the water when you backed out of it. So... Um, I got to dry off. Then I got put back out there because I still wouldn't admit to it because I didn't take your $10. I'm not I'm not folding for that. I didn't. I've done my share. Of but I didn't take your $10 back outside freezing. And then by then I'm freezing, freezing. And so like every 30 seconds, every 45 seconds, I would I would switch like you. My, my heels would get cold. So I'd go up on my toes. And then for about 30 or 45 seconds, I kind of let my heel warm up a little bit and my toes would start to get cold because it snowed back there. And so I'd go back on my heels and, and pick my, my toes up in the air so they could warm up a little bit. And like these aren't things that I should have to figure out at nine years old. Um, 
And especially being that I didn't do what I did, even if I did figure out a way that this is this is something you do to this is espionage, terrorism, yes. interrogation yes. level yes. Um, stuff. And I go back in the house finally, scalding hot shower. And again, she stood in the back and would spank me underneath it. And um, and I still like to this day, just being transparent, I can't take really hot or really cold showers. I, I still have, you know, some elements of PTSD from a lot of that stuff because that, you know, that wasn't the only time she did that. Um, and so, like, if, if the water is too hot or if it's too cold, like, it re- literally messes with my breathing and, and something psychologically panics still. You know, it's 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 in there now. But um, thankfully, my son never had to deal with any of yeah. that, you know, because I, I was able to heal from from most of that before he was born and the rest of it, you know, once he got here, because I knew that I never wanted to expose him to that kind of that part of my experience i wanted him to have the good stuff and not so finally around 12 at 12 um she had she beat me and left the house and and locked me in the basement i picked the lock got out of the basement the doors were locked from the inside so i um took a butter knife cut the screen hopped out of the bedroom window she had hit all my clothes hit all my shoes because i was a professional runaway by then I started running away at nine. So by 12, I had run away probably 30, 30 times. Um, and like I could stay out. I knew how to, you know, survive on the street for a week or two by myself at nine, 10, 11, 12. You know, I knew where I could sleep, you know, behind Kmart over here. I knew to, you know, pick, get a log, kind of angle the, uh, the dumpster so it would cut off the wind so it wouldn't, you know, be so cold back there. Just stuff that you're not supposed to know that young. Um, I knew... I could steal uh, the sheet off of the neighborhood guy who had a Harley. He would always cover his bike with a, a fitted sheet. Yeah. So I always knew where I could get a sheet. So I'd get a refrigerator box out the dumpster, double or triple that over. So I'd have something I couldn't have, I didn't have to sleep on the ground. And um, then I'd cover up with that. And I knew to layer my clothing when I ran away. I knew how to, you know, steal food in Kmart and stuff like that or sneak into the cafeteria during lunch. Um, I mean, you you know, you got to get it how you got to get it. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. At nine years old. Yeah, and nine and ten, and like I said, eleven. Man, I I was a professional runaway by eleven. I I messed around. I uh, <laughs> I had found this old abandoned garage close to the Kmart's where I used to sleep behind, and um, I used to hide my 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 runaway clothes. I used to hide them under the dumpster because they they um the trucks used to come on Mondays. And and empty the dumpster. So you know, Tuesday through Sunday, I was good. I could I could stuff it under there. And nobody would really find it. You know, and they didn't care about my little punk ass clothes. No way. You know, it's <laughs> kids clothes. So, but there was an old abandoned, ashy, half standing, half falling garage. And I, you know, I climbed through the little broken window, and nobody ever really checked on it. And so I messed around and had a housewarming party. I invited some kids from school. <laughs> I was like, hey, listen, just bring some candy. <laughs> or some fago or some you know some pop um but i was a professional runaway by then so it was like you know uh it was you you deal you know you you play the, the hands that you the, the hand you dealt yeah you got to deal the cards you know until better cards come or until you could you know create your own damn cards you got to deal with these things so you know i i I, I tried to stay as unjaded by the circumstances as possible. Yeah. But I, I really didn't have much of a, a pleasant childhood because I had to grow up and, and was doing adulting. I would sleep behind the bleachers in the middle school, you know. Um, yeah, it was just 
you know, I'm, I'm asking for, you know, hey, you're going to eat half of that meatloaf, you know, and, and or, you know, wait, I'd stall and stall and stall. And once everybody left out of the cafeteria, if I knew I hadn't eaten, you might have to rummage through that garbage and yeah. you might have to go get that the other half of that meatloaf yeah. or through McDonald's dumpster. So it was brutal, but it was, I'm grateful for it because it keeps me humble now. And it's like, I, I don't waste money. I don't take things for granted. You know, I, 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 I realize it's a blessing to have a roof over my head and, and to be able to provide for my son. He just graduated high school. That boy um, done grew up fast, boy. Man, he big as hell. He, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to sign him up for, uh, I'm going to trade him to the Raiders. Or, uh, <laughs> I mean, he was a little. Need some help. Yeah, he was a, a, uh, God, man, he was like eight years old or something. That boy done took off he's and grown. He's a good kid, too, man. Good That's young good. man. So, um, so how does it so feel yeah, looking Ralph, at him, like when you're looking at him, knowing what you've come through and knowing that he didn't he was blessed not to experience an ounce of the, the of the uh, did you feel like you overcompensated? Did you feel like you spoiled him growing up uh, due to what you've witnessed and what you had gone through? Or did you feel like you mm-hmm. had a healthy balance? I think I think uh, happy medium. Yeah. You know, I, I think I was honest with him, brutally honest about stuff that I went through. Sometimes, you know, he would cry during the stories when he was younger. I tell him, you know, I told him when she beat me, you know, when she hit me in the head with a hammer because I forgot to hang up my coat. Hold on. Hit you in the head with the hammer? Um, I was eight. That was my, was my first beating from her. Um, we had had a snowball fight the night before uh, with, with uh, Preston and Roro from up the street. And um, and they were like bigger. You know, they were they were like a couple years, a year or two older than us. But we'd always hoop, we'd always play football. They always won football, but they took the, took these L's with the snowball fight. <laughs> so um, and it was me and my brother. And so we came in and we, you know, we put our coats in the, in the basement and, you know, probably played Atari or something like that. Yeah. Ate and took a car and went to bed like we're supposed to. You're supposed to, it's in the job description. You're supposed to forget to hang up your coat yeah. when you're eight years old. Yeah. yeah. At least at least once a month. Yeah. Get up in the morning and she barges in the room with the skinny yellow, yellow wiffle ball bat in one hand and the fat plastic wiffle ball bat yeah. in the other one and just start boom, 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 goes to town on my brother because his bed is closest to the door. And then she makes her way over to mine and diagonal over here is my bed and snatches my covers back. And I'm, you know, covering, 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 covering wiffle ball bats. Oh, they hurt. Hurt. Oh, they hurt. They hurt. Yeah. They hurt, but not that. Like the sound is almost word. Like they still hurt. Yeah, they sting. But, the, but especially the fat one. The yeah. fat one, it, it made more noise than it did. The yellow one hurt. Um, I shouldn't know these things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I shouldn't be able to tell you in detail about that. But um, so finally, I make it downstairs. There, there was only two metal coat hangers left in the basement. My brother found the first one, hung his coat up, you know, and and, and went back upstairs. Right next to where he found the first one was the second one. It was already unraveled. She had already decided that whoever was the last one downstairs, she was going to beat their ass with that coat hanger. So it's standing up and I'm like, I'm grabbing it, trying to, you know, bend it and, and, and fix it so I can. And she starts coming down the stairs on my car. So I just set it down, run around, try to get away from her, try to tire her out a little bit because she was a heavier set woman. Um and I, I ran past her finally after she was chasing me around and hit me with the with the coat hanger. Um, I got upstairs, hit underneath the, um, the my bed for a little bit. She came swinging the hammer under there, but couldn't really get me. I don't even know where she where she grabbed the hammer, but I think she was just pissed off because I was running. And so I went and hid under the the kitchen table 
and we had one of them big vinyl cloths mm-hmm. that went all the way to the floor mm-hmm. of that tablecloth. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, a big thick one with a that little print on it. It was almost bulletproof. Yeah. Like, you could pour bleach <laughs> on it. It didn't even matter. <laughs> what nothing go. It was invulnerable, <laughs> impenetrable. Yeah. Like, um, so I hid under there thinking, you know, and I literally, I'm just praying, oh, God, I, 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 I'm, it's a cold. And I heard her footprints and bang. And I just remember seeing white holding the side of my, my head here and my face getting warm and I, I'm, I start catching some of the blood in my hands and then I'm really praying. I'm like, okay, God, come on, please make it stop. I was eight. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't stab her. I didn't smack her. I forgot to hang up my coat. And yeah, so like when I told my son that story, you know, he was like tearing up, but he's a tough kid. So he tries not to show it too much. But so I know when it when he shows it, it's it's really it really gets him. But I just tried to explain to him like, dude, I, I, I hope you understand. Like we have our hiccups. We have our, you know, if you skip in school or you doing some nonsense, I'm going to chastise you. But you will never experience anything like I did. You will never, ever be locked in the basement and and starved or 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 stomped and kicked if you fall during a spank and she would stand on our chest she stood on my chest and would give me whole dissertations if you fell during a spank and she would finish and then if she was still angry once she got tired of talking she'd let you get back up and keep beating you like she was a piece of work man um and, and i think what helped me not carry that over to to my son was finding the strength to forgive her at what because, age? What and, age was and then that? not to blame myself. Yeah, I literally I had to, I laid in my floor one day, probably 15, 16 years ago, and and, and prayed for. Her. And it was a hard, one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Um, but I knew I needed to, and I could tell, like, you know, because God kept just nudging me and kept tapping me on my shoulder, like, hey, you know, you need to, you know, you need you need to face that so you can set that down. And I'm like, how? Like, and you know, he kind of put in my spirit to pray for it. I'm like, I don't want to pray for her. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to wish her well. He's like, that's the only way you're gonna be able to set that down, man. So, it's your call. And he kept kind of nudging me and nudging me. And one day, I just, I really tried, and I broke like an old plate, man. And but I was able to set that down. And then shortly after that, I tried to call and tell her I forgave her, and I had found out she had already passed. Wow. Because um, that that beating when we were t- when I was twelve. It got so bad, I ran away. I wouldn't let anybody clean me up. I made the authorities take pictures. And so when they finally believed me, I had been telling them for four years, like, yo, man, she's beating our Oh, they make the boys, they're just making it up. They're just making it up. We weren't making it up. She was crazy. And so we finally, we go to court and they're, they're like, okay, you drop, you relinquish the adoption charges. You know, we'll drop the charge if it's okay with Mr. Key. So I was like, where do I sign? <laughs> And uh, and that was it. But she, you know, she still got the last laugh because she got to keep my brother with her. So wow. I didn't see him for, for like ten or twelve years after that. So you were so, how old? You were twelve when that happened. We, yeah, we, and he was th- he was thirteen. So I didn't see him until I was twenty two when he was twenty three. So where did you go after that? You got adopted uh, by someone she else. Took him to Phoenix. I went back into the foster care system. And you never got adopted after that. Uh, eventually I did, but I mean, after everything that I had been through at that point, I was angry. 
And then you multiply that with the fact that, you know, every six or nine months, other than being at that window of adoption, every six or nine months, I'm in a new home. So I never really learned how to make friends. Um, I'm always the new kid and the odd man out. Yep. You know, some kids are misled. Some kids are just kids. And then certain kids are jerks. Yeah. And I met a lot of jerks and, and I was already had already this, you know, this anger built up. So when they would pick on me because I was a new foster kid, you would lose. It. I would I would lash out, you know, <laughs> yeah. and somebody would catch a school book or a whole school desk. Um, <laughs> he said a whole school and desk. I was little, too. I was like five, two, five, three, five, four. Like I was. You throw a whole desk at him. Five, four. Throw a whole desk at him. <laughs> yeah, a whole desk. Yeah, yeah, two dude, one dude caught a chair. I had a principal that, that caught a desk, <laughs> and a I had a because he pushed me against the wall. And he he shouldn't have touched me. He yep. was disrespectful. Yep. So, um, yeah, he caught a desk. Um, I can, I still can't go to that middle school. No more. <laughs> I'm, I'm banned for life. I'm serious. You can't come and speak. You can't come. <laughs> I can't come back. And you can't speak. go. You can't I come can't do, do career life. day. Can't do career day. I, I'm not thinking they might lift, lift it if I buy like some, you know, some basketball uniforms and some, some warm ups or something. But yeah, he was, you know, I was talking back and I was a little reckless, you know, and I tried to walk away and he shoved me up against the wall, you know, and Triggered. I kind of, I kind of, you know, bumped my head, nothing bad or whatever. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm like, I'm yep. not the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna beat on I, me again. <laughs> yeah, oh, and that's that's my whole thing. I'm not taking no more L's like that. Yeah. Um, not if I can help it. So you know, I had going back into the system, I had a lot of anger and resentment towards the system, resentment towards authority because they wouldn't help me. Yeah. I was asking for your help and you wouldn't help me. I begged for your help. I we brought you pictures before. Yeah. And you, you know, you, we told you the stories before and you wouldn't listen. So ultimately, um, few group homes, few um, uh, residential placements, boys, residential placements, lots of therapy. Um, I didn't participate in most of it because I hated it. Again, I, I, I resented authority. But eventually I started paying attention to some of the things they were talking about, which is eventually why I went into social work when I went to college. But before I got to college, my best friend at the time, my best friend's mom, he had told his mom I was still in the foster home, which was the last foster home I was ever in. And she was like, well, you know what? Let's go get your stuff. You can stay here till you go to college. I was like, nah, Miss Johnson, that's cool. You know, well, I just, I just, she was like, get in the car. We going to get you. I was like, yes, yes, mother. And that was the adoption process. That's, they're still my 25 something years later. Um, they're still my, they're still my, you know, that's still my mom. And, and, yeah, so it was really so you know, God made sure to like I had I definitely had a job season or two. Um, that's beyond the job. Sure that's to, beyond the you know, job, boy. That's beyond the oh, job. Oh yeah, yeah. That's. But he 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 rewarded me for not caving, and then he did it again. Even when I came out here, like a lot of work that I was offered would have cost me my soul or cost me my my morals and my values, and I didn't want to. I'd rather take the scenic route, the long yeah. way around. Yeah, you know. Sometimes that shortcut across your soul. It will. You know, it may it take, you know what they say. It may take me longer to get there because I'm dragging my integrity with me. Mm. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it facts, and so I almost quit. No wait, right around the time we did, I, we did. I did the first play with you, maybe yeah. a couple years later after that. But I almost quit. No wait, because that work there was there was things that were things that weren't right yeah. tied to the work that I was being offered, and I didn't like that. Yeah, and. Um, I wasn't willing to compromise that, so I had to had to walk away from some stuff. 
And I think what that was, was, you know, him kind of letting me, letting him see how I would handle certain things. And if I would cave and yep. go after the, the, the literary, Hey, you can have this house. You can yep. have this bit of money. If, if I can do this, you can do this. I can do this. You come over and read this in, in the middle of the night. No, sir. Um, <laughs> all this other night. stuff. I think that was just God, like, you know, checking to see, you know, I think it was another job season. And once I didn't collapse, and, and once I, I did continue to give him credit, even during those dark times, you know, where I only had, a, I had a, you know, month's rent in the yeah. bank and, and was like, he made sure to, to continue to provide. I never completely went without. It came close, yeah. dangerously close a few times, but he never, and being that I didn't, he started, really started like, boom, boom. Okay, you know what? I see you can handle it. You ain't gonna flinch. You know I got you. Um, you're gonna do right, you know, by people. You're gonna do right by projects. You're not yeah. gonna take advantage of folks. Um, and now he just parked the blessing truck in front of my place and just be like, yeah, just put all of that in there. <laughs> so when so, did it pop out about 2020 or 2019? Did it just start the overflow? I call it the overflow. Oh, no, man, 17. Oh, 17. So you. Oh, so you've been in it for a minute, then, huh? Yeah. You've been in that it's overflow been a, for four the years. Whole super blessing season. Um. I think uh, I started to, to get in a groove and I started to really feel like I belong here. Yes. And I think that's a part of it. It's not a false sense of, it's not a false sense of confidence. It's knowing that I did the work at home to prepare for this, that I deserve to be here because I appreciate it and I treat it good. I treat it like what it should be treated. Yeah. And every single time I get to, you know, somebody lifts me up or, or gives me credit. I remind them that that's big fella doing this. Yeah. That's not me doing it. Yeah. I am a passenger on this trip and, you know, he's, he's got the GPS situated. So I'm going where he say, go and I'm a, I want to be in whatever part of my life he's blessing. I want to, I want to take a residence over there. 2016, 2017, I started booking, 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 um, supernatural show, which is probably one of the biggest shows and one of the coolest characters I ever got to play. He was an archangel. And he had power, so I could wave my hand and throw you 30 <laughs> feet across the room. It was amazing. Like, he could fly and blow stuff up, and it was so cool, yeah, man. That's and, dope. I was like, and I would watch it, and they would watch my choices, you know, the, the stars of the show, and they'd be like, yeah, man, hey, I like your choice. You know, this, that, this, this, the, the, the positive, the little things, the intricacies. So a lot of people don't know what that means. You you used a, a, an acting term, which is you said a lot of the stars would admire your choices. Explain what that means when you say your acting choices. Um, that's where you let's say you're mad at somebody. Somebody let's say we're in a scene and and you're 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 my attorney and you're supposed to, you know, handle these business affairs and make sure to, to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. And you haven't. I can I can do I can, and and you're there. It is about to let's let's say you're about to go over the the paperwork again, and I just found a whole bunch more uh, inconsistencies that you need to fix, and this should have been on you in the first place. And you looking around, and you don't have a pen. I can give you this pen twenty different ways, and 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 say what I need to say without saying anything. There it is. I can I can roll it across the table because I'm irritated with you. I can set it down and look you dead in the eye. Yep. Basically like you screw up again, you're fired. Yep. Um, I can, and you know, if I'm really out of pocket, I'm just a shady person. <laughs> I can hit you in the chest with it. <laughs> How you 
don't have a pen. You know, I, I can, I can, you know what? Get out, get out my office. Get your yeah. own pen. There's yep. so many different choices to make. Um, and, and I love watching various actors to see their choices and to try to figure out what what's behind that choice yes. because it informs me and it teaches me how to continue to shape my process. So just the choices and, and things like that. And, and then like the very next major show that I booked was um, legends of tomorrow. I go from playing an archangel to playing a demon. Um, yeah. Uh, the person who I was in love with on that show sent me to hell. <laughs> Apparently he's like he was. Uh, they, they were like a witch or something, and um, I come back and I'm a demon, and I can pull the soul. That's the exact opposite of the angel. I can pull your soul out of your body like that, and my face was all distorted sometimes, and and I'd walk past people and they would just start fighting and just you know the evil, this aura. It was so fun. It was amazing, um, and and just those things and and learning to be fearless. Um, within the confines of the scene, fearless with my choices, fearless with my presentation, but also able to make the adjustments that our directors give us. Yes. Um, so it's my job to prepare the hell out of it, you know, prepare it, season it, saute that thing, rotisserie that thing. And still be and flexible and still be flexible. Yeah, enough but you and... also got to be flexible because they, they might see something else. They might love what you're doing. OK, tweak this, change that. Or they might give it an overhaul and make it even better. And we have to be able to make those changes and when you can directors are like that was good yeah. you, you take notes really really well yes yes so those, those things like that really started to help and then i booked in content which was my first series regular in 2017 and that was a lawyer show i'm a big fan of you know law and order so to to play an attorney and give those big speeches in front of the, the jury, in front of the judge, and argue with the judge. And, and you're honor, you know good and damn well. Watch it, Charlie Riggs. <laughs> yes, Your Honor. And and just little like choices. With Charlie, um, every time I uh he gave a a, a every time he addressed the jury or questioned a, a witness on the stand, I, he had his pen. And it was kind of like he was an, an orchestra director. Yes. And it. it was kind of like he it was his way of, you know, you this, but, you know, when he was, he was painting <laughs> a lot with it. And when you he, created when he that in trouble, he put it up. You created he that got in the groove. He pulled that pen back out and get to, you know, that was his little wand. And it, and it's just a choice. I didn't, I could have done it without it, but it had so much more fun with it. So yeah, it was just, and it just snowballed in from there to uh, 2018 again, you know, a little more supernatural and um, a couple other shows. And then 2019 slowed way, way, way down. And I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong? I don't understand because I've been kicking butt and giving you all the credit. Why am I not working? And yeah. I, we, we had a little, yeah, had a little, little powwow. Spat. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, and I was respectful for the most part. I, I still <laughs> apologize. I'm sorry for anything I said. I was out of pocket, sir. Um, but what it was, was he was slowing down my acting work. So that way I would pay attention to, I would go back to a lot of the intellectual property, a lot of the content that I had created that I wasn't giving any, I wasn't watering any of that. I wasn't paying it any attention. And he was like, Hey, okay. I've been blessed in this area of your life. I'd like to bless this one. So we're going to slow that down. I don't understand why you're slowing it. We're going to slow that down. I got all this time. Whoa. Such and such calls me and is like, Hey, you've been on me for a couple of years about pitching me some stuff. It better be good. 
let's set something up. Go in there. They love two shows. They buy one. Mm, mm, mm. So it wasn't. God is a genius and a comedian, bro. Um, he knew exactly. Let me slow your work down. Let you get the show off. So I can make room for Invigorate this. you to pay more attention to your other visions that I've given you. Yes. Your other, your other creations, your other books, um, your other scripts and stuff that have already been written. And then I'm going to, now my acting is picking back up. So yeah, it, it was, it's all by design in the middle of it. A lot of times we don't, you know, when a GPS is rerouting, we don't know what the heck is going on, but he knows what he's doing, man. So I, I don't trip on it no more. Man, that's what's so dope about it. And to go back on the, uh, your upbringing, I don't know if you know this or if you knew this, but I adopted a young man about a year ago in foster care, um, Armani and, um, been through a lot, been through a lot of similar mm-hmm. stuff that you went through. And I remember during one of his outbursts and one of his rage moments, I thought about the conversation that you and I had about your upbringing. And I was just like, okay, God, I'm dealing yeah. with, I'm dealing with the pain. I'm dealing with the trauma. And they teach us all this therapeutic uh, fostering uh, of not like even how um, the principal grabbed you and pushed you against the wall, you know, the, to teach us as parents to stay away from that type of stuff because it will trigger that kid to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to catch a death. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to catch a death in Jesus name. So, so, yeah. so, to, so to avoid that at all costs. But I remember it was this odd moment that I had with him. And I said, my mind went all the way back to that conversation that you and I had. And I was like, wow. And then I always tell him about his purpose. I tell him about, you know, uh, and I can't wait to hear his feedback on this episode. And, um, because I think this is going to add a lot of value to his life to see somebody like you who's gone through some traumatic stuff and you overcame it. And, and here you are here to talk about it and not allow what you've been through to take you out. Um, what does relationships look like for you? I mean, like, like I said, a lot of women look at you and they, they fall, they're enamored with you or whatnot. Do you, do you want to be married one day? I do. I, I want to be married. I, I say this all the time. You know, after marriage, I want to shoot the club up and have at least one more club. I mean, one more kid. Um, <laughs> and uh, I ain't playing. He said shoot the club up. Said, but after marriage. After, after marriage. marriage. Amen. Amen. Um, I've never been married. I, in TV and film, I've been married like three times. Um, I be sweating bullets. They was like, hey, Keys, you know you're not really getting married today. Shut up. This is my big day. Um, and and it's 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 stressful because I'm trying to make it real. He says my big day. He says my big day. Um, have you ever been close? I, I absolutely want it. I absolutely want that. It's just got to be the right thing. I I I I'm all I'm all for somebody being my biggest fan yeah. and allowing me to be hers. Um, yeah. But that can't be it. It just, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be some foundation. It's gotta be a wine cellar under that thing. It's gotta be some concrete and, and the foundation has to be, you know, friendship, trust, you know, it's gotta be somebody with a belief in somebody greater than us. Yeah. Um, I'm not knocking atheists, but I, I couldn't, you know, yeah. seriously date one Yeah. because, you know, I, I need to trust that your decisions are governed by somebody you're accountable to somebody bigger than us. There it is. You know, I can be in the Netherlands shooting a Marvel movie 
You know, knowing my, you know, my my wife ain't back here. Shake that make that food fuck. She ain't back here throwing it back for somebody else. She holding it down for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm bringing these Marvel checks and these DC Universe checks home. You can't, you know, I don't need you uh, doing the the, the, the wop and the bus it and the, and the, the all bus it challenge. Yeah, chill out. That's you know, we married. That's mine. So, um. I think that's important. I definitely want that. I definitely crave that. But it's just got to be right. I've had probably three or four lengthy or semi-lengthy relationships since I've been here in L.A. One was like two years. One was like three years. One was a year. And, and my last was about a year. Um, and I just I just wanted to be right. It needs to be peaceful. You know, we we grind and we fight every day outside the house. I can't be at war when I come home. This is you. My relationship needs to be my place of peace. Let me tell you this. This is interesting that you said that. One of my homegirls said, "I said, uh, like I said, I posted some questions, and and uh, she called, and I said, why do you think Christian Keys isn't married?" She said, "Because I believe that he wants peace. I believe that he wants the type of woman that will provide peace in his life." I said, "Really?" I said, "What made you say that?" She said, "When you're when you're a guy like that that's operating on those levels, all you want is a place of peace." And I said, "Hmm, that's interesting." I said, "I thought you would say something like, well, he's a player. Uh, he he don't want to be committed to nobody. You know, all that." She said, "No, I don't see that. I just see that he wants a place of peace." I said, "Yeah, I want the humor and the bond and I like it's funny. I was it, it's reversed. A lot of my friends you know, started getting, you know, in my in peers um, and, and associates, you know, because there's different levels yep. of, of that. Um, they were getting, you know, even cats, you know, in my work peer group that I look up to, whether they know it or not. And some of them do, but, you know, they got married earlier, you know, they got married recently or whatever. But I was the first one out of all of us with a kid. So, you know, I, I couldn't do certain things. And that's fine because my, my, my son's my priority. Yep. But I wouldn't be able to do certain things um, because, you know, they, they're at Big Bear with the wife and, you know, and, and this, that, and yeah, I had to miss out on a lot of stuff. And now a lot of them are having kids and catching up and we're having father conversations because they know, you know, uh, they know Uncle Key's got a lot of the experience, <laughs> but I'm also looking and longing to be where they are as far as finding that mate and that, and that, that help meet that soulmate, that person that just, you know, I, I don't expect perfection i'm yeah. a realist um it's not always the other person i do realize that you know sometimes it is me or it has been me you know i'm a firm believer in and taking accountability but i'm also a believer in you know if we deal with it and we talk about it and and you're working on it then i don't need to nag you about it if we we dealt with it and we talked about good. it and i'm working on it then you don't need to beat me over the head with it. good Let, let's just trust you know and love each other enough to know that we're going to work on that that we mean enough to each other to actually work on the things we said we're going to work on do you do you always date with intentionality uh, or do you just date like you may have some people you like oh, I'll kick it with or hang out with. But then this girl I'm a truly pursue is every female encounter that you come into that you bring them into your space. Is that always intentional? At this point? Yes, yeah. it hasn't always been that way. But yeah. now it's with purpose. Um, you meet somebody, you get to know somebody. Like if I get a vibe, like, you know, she might still be healing from the guy before or a couple guys before, and she might be a little violent. I'm gone. <laughs> I, I can root for you and pray for abundant blessings from a distance, but I can't, I can't like, I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to waste a woman's time um, 
you know, and and bring all kind of chaos into her life if I'm still at war with myself. I ain't yes. gonna go mess up her peace. Don't mess up my peace if you still at war with yourself. If you still, if you, we're all healing. Yes. And we all got a chapter we don't read out loud. But if some of those things are toxic, if you are toxic in some spaces still, then maybe it's not it's best for you not to be in a relationship yet. Fix that to- toxicity. Yeah. And and heal from that. And lay on your living room floor and pray for whoever you need to pray for and set it down and stop picking it up. But um, back then, you know, even even as as recent as maybe five, six years ago, I would do a little bit of both. I would still I'm a relationship person. So I like to be in a I prefer to be in a relationship. I'd rather teach my person how to be everything I want them to be. And I'd rather her teach me how to be everything that she wants and needs me to be. Not change me and yeah. not change her, yeah. you know, because we're not going to I don't I don't want to change the things about you that that made me fall for you in the first place there it is i just want you to i just want to make sure that i can communicate my languages and the things that are important to me to you and vice versa i provide a safe space for you to to set all of that down and walk me through that through experience and through talking and through friendship and through time and um yeah now now it's just it's purpose if it's if i don't see it going nowhere if it's just if you just got measurements and, and a cute face and hella followers on social media, that's cute. You know, you can get a church hug. I'm going to keep it moving. I I'm, I'm, don't got time for that. One of the questions someone asked, would you date someone uh, outside of the industry? Absolutely. My my last girlfriend was in marketing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She, um amazing black woman. Um, DST, matter of fact. She was a Delta. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're still cool. You know, it just we hit a pocket where things weren't um, flowing like we felt they should. And, and she felt unhappy. I felt unhappy. And, and, you know, the, the, the same things kept coming up and it's like, if we aren't going to make any progress or any changes, then this is, you know, this isn't something that should continue. We do should you, stop. Do you believe in uh, long distance relationships? It can happen. I mean, I'm gonna have to, because you know, if let's say I get married and, and, you know, we're living in LA again, if I'm in, you know, Amsterdam somewhere, <laughs> you know, filming, that's good. At least for the month or two that I'm there. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about meeting them that way. You, you, you in LA, you got a chick, you met her on the gram and she lives in New York. Would you entertain that relationship? Barely. Um, <laughs> if I actually met her, Perhaps that'd be tough, though. I I, I doubt it. Yeah, it, it would hard. have to be some hella chemistry. Um, but as far as like meeting people, I'm very apprehensive about meeting people on social media just in general, um, because it's a lot of trolling and catfishing and stuff. So when you're talking about like meeting people on social media, because of course that's the that's the access. You got tons of followers. I know your DMs stay <laughs> stay lit. I mean, can I assume that? Can I assume that your DMs be, you get tons of DMs from, from women? I get, I'll say this. Women aren't as aggressive with me because I don't present that. I don't, I don't do the, the gray sweatpants challenge. <laughs> and I can, but I don't do it. Um, but, and I don't put that energy out there, that, that raw sexuality, because at this stage in my life, I want to be seen for what I'm passionate about. My activism, um, you know, my, my passion for foster care, group home, kids, you know, providing for future generations, my love for my son and, and, and the pride of being a dad, um, celebrating everything and everybody black and brown. 
um, and, and female and, and, you know, fighting for people's rights and, and for my craft, my, yeah. my skills that I want to be, I want to be celebrated for that. Um, and then when they get to the show and they, you know, they happen to see a love scene and that am up and still built like Captain America. <laughs> Damn. You know, I, I, I'd rather it be that than, you know, Ooh, I'm working out. Ooh, I'm working out. Ooh, I'm naked. Ooh, I'm shirtless. Ooh, I'm, I, you know, I got my, I got my towel. I'm showing half my so, ass yeah. cheek. Yeah, I'm going to have my cheek and, and I'm only covering my junk. And I'm gonna post it on the gram. I'm not do. I'm, I'm a grown man. I found a great chest hair recently. I'm too old for that mess, man. I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. Anybody who can get them naughty pictures, it's gonna be a future wife. She, she can get all of them. She can get all of. Oh my yeah. god. So that's interesting. Now, earlier in your career, I mean, you you you've had some 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 women that have been quite aggressive in your life, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. And even every once in a while, still like in the DM, you get out of every hundred women that might DM me, um, one will be sexual. I mean, what they send one. like I'm talking about what they send nudes to you. Oh, yeah. It'll be an areola or something. <laughs> you know, it'll be it'll be a little areola moment or something like Bloop, I'm a fan of your work. And I'm like, OK. I'm still not responding to that, though. It takes more than that, you know, to get to, to pique my interest. Um, not that I need to see additional body parts, but I don't need nudity. Isn't gonna make me be like, ooh, let me, let me. You know, it's not gonna. That's not gonna do it. Um, but oh, most God. most grown women will be like, um, you know, hey, we should get coffee, or you know, I, I I think you're attractive. You know, I think we have things in common. You know, that's a that's a reasonable and human thing to do. So that yeah. makes sense. You know. <laughs> Um, but like really the only DMs that I'll respond to for the most part is if it's people I actually know, yep. um, or like people talking about, you know, thinking about committing suicide or, yeah. you know, um, a lady, a young lady had lost her mom and she, she reached out and she told me that, uh, like the last two months before her mom passed from cancer, she was listening to. Uh, I'm all right. A song of mine every day. Mm. And like that mm. one, it reminds me that I'm in my purpose. Yes. And, and two, you know, that that's, that's, that's what you do it for. Mm. That That's worth it. Um, that brought a tear to your eye, didn't it? That got you, teary, huh? that got you teary eyed, huh? Oh my God. It's, we don't have to change the subject now. Um, yeah. because yeah. yeah, it's a powerful thing, but it's, that's, it's the same. I'm all right. is the same song that helped me not quit acting. Mm. So God put that that in my in my spirit to save my career yes. and to give me strength and to encourage myself. But it's also been a blessing to a bunch of other people. Another young brother said the same thing. He hit me up was it, um, and he was like, um, you know, I was thinking about you know commit suicide and um, and your song helped me not do it. And I, and I, I I absolutely had to walk away because I started tearing up immediately. So we don't talk about something else like uh, Casadillas <laughs> or something right now. I'm not going to be on yeah, your podcast booing, man. Boo-hoo. Man, but that's that's dope. That's your purpose. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that you overcame everything that you came through, you writing songs like that, helping other people. Because I can just only imagine at your lowest point what type of thoughts you had. Did you ever have any suicidal thoughts while you were going absolutely. through something? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why those, those stories resonate with me. Yeah. I absolutely was broken. And I used to refer to myself as, you know, damaged good. So, like, when the pretty girl would want to talk to me, 
I would be like, I would talk myself out of it or I would sabotage it because I thought I was damaged goods. I yeah. thought I wasn't worthy of love. Even as a young adult, even at 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, I didn't think I was deserving. So I would mess up, you know, good relationships, good situations, you know, because subconsciously I didn't think I was deserving of love. Yes. I was still believing the BS that was beating to me back in the day, as opposed to realizing who I, who I am, who he made me to be and taking that power back for myself. There it is. There it is. Do you believe in love at first sight? Do you think you are? Have you been so much like I call it a realist because you've experienced so much stuff and dating and all that. And the older we become, the more skeptical uh, we become in relationships. Like, nah, we're going to go through all the seasons with these women versus meeting someone, connecting with a high level of chemistry, as you said, and saying, you know, I want to marry her and make a decision to marry her within uh, a year. Do You think that's possible? I think it's possible for your soul to recognize another soul that first meeting and and for those souls to start to connect some. And that's heavier than than that's, you know, that's in that infatuation phase, but that's way heavier and that's grounded in something bigger. So I think that's a possibility. I've never fallen in love right away. I've, I've been like, wow, and had a crush or been infatuated, you know, right away. But once someone's soul starts to get me, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, and, but then I'm still going to move with intention. I'm yeah. still going to move purposefully. Um, you know, I'm still going to handle it the way that I, I feel like it needs to be handled at, at this time for both our sake, for hers and mine. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that's that soul introduction. That, that's a real thing. Yeah, um, but I think that that's more so, I think what people confuse and i won't say it's not possible but the only thing i've ever experienced is that 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 those two souls like like hey wow okay that makes me want to get to know you more yes and find out more get past this this attractive um aesthetic presentation and and get you know get into who you are and, and allow you to get into who I am and to see if we can give each other peace because that's absolutely one of my languages. See if we're gonna have some organic humor. See if we're gonna have a good flow and a good vibe. And um, yeah, for me, it's you know that's just my process. It's not saying it's right, but it's right for me. No, that's all we gotta talk about is what's right for you because at the end of the day, we all have mm -hmm. our own journeys. But do you think that's possible to achieve within a year for you to make a decision and marry somebody? To like, like my boy Kenny Lattimore, he just celebrated his uh, anniversary yesterday, and I went out and shot his wedding last year. And the, he, from the day he met her to the day they said I do, it was a year almost to the date do you think that's possible for you for you to be able to meet someone and within a year marry them that'd be that'd have to be the minimum <laughs> that'd have to be because i've been engaged before she yeah. got cold feet and sent the ring back and she's an amazing woman but you know she started acting different you know than than what i was used to and instead of telling me from the gate, hey, I'll, you know, I'm not ready for this. You know, let's let's keep our relationship going incredible like it is. Yep. Um, and put the ring in the drawer and then I'll get it out when I'm ready. That yeah. would have been a better discussion. But clearly she wasn't, you know, God didn't build her for me. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't supposed to happen. But um, and I'm hope she, you know, I hope she's happy wherever she is. But I, I'm not. 
at this point, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've been, and that was a three-year relationship. And then I had another three-year relationship and a two and, you know, a couple, couple twos and a one and a one. Um, ultimately with the goal of, especially every relationship that I've had here, with the exception of one, I didn't know how much of a future I saw with her. I just knew I was crazy about it. Yeah. But the, the other three real relationships that I have had since I've been here in LA, which took up basically a good chunk of the time that I've been here. Yeah. Um, that was with the intention of eventually getting married. That's good. So when you date, like you, you for real about it, you saying, I don't date a woman unless I see a potential in marrying her. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, if we're, if we're going to officially date, like yeah. if we go, I get, you know, people will hook you. Hey, my, 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 my home yeah. girl is single and she, she's, you know, she be hiking and stuff like you do too. One of two things will happen in my opinion. Um, and what's funny is you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, <laughs> but <laughs> facts only. He'd be like, Oh, that's really, that's, that's funny, Christian. That's what you have in mind. You. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we get so, off, the, um, we get off this, uh, interview and you go meet somebody next day. You know, so I'm getting married in 90 days. Be like Christian, what just happened? Like, what, did, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. No, please don't. I rebuke that don't uh, we're going to take our time in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Um, I, I'm not looking for that. I feel like I'll focus on work and, you know, again, continuing to focus on the area of my life or the areas of my life that God's blessing. Um, and it'll either be revealed to me that I know her already mm -hmm. or, or I'll meet her. And that'll be that. But if I'm in my purpose, then our either that reckoning the, the, the awareness of the aha moment of her being, Aligned with that purpose for the next 40 or 50 years, it'll reveal itself if yeah. I'm in my purpose or uh, or I'll meet her. If I don't already know her, then, yeah, one of the two will happen. That's good. That's good. I mean, like I said, don't get no realer than that. And so it's, it's interesting. I love the fact that you date with intentionality. You say, listen, yeah, yeah, I'm this is how I move. I ain't got no time. I'm I'm, I'm too old to be sitting up there having girlfriends for 10 and I, years. And I'm not knocking. The, I'm not knocking. I'm not a disbeliever in the year thing. Yeah. I just know that, you know, the people can hold up a good presentation or a good facade. <laughs> For a good three to five, three to six months. So that's what I'm saying. A year, you know, we got to take some trips. Do you how do you carry yourself the same way you do when you're not with me? You know, do you do you do you dress like you used to do with the freak Nick? Now yeah, that we, you have a whole man, you know, went back to freak Nick, freak Nick. Yeah, boy. Do you, you know, are, are we? Do you, you know? Do you are, are you have naked on social media all the time? That's your preference as a grown woman, but I also feel like some woman, the kind of woman that I that I want to be with, women adjust that sexuality and the visual presentation of it somewhat based on where they are in their life. If they're talk about single it. and happy, if they're single and looking, if they're kind of sort of dating, if they're interested in somebody, if they're officially in a relationship with somebody. If they're engaged, um, if they are married, and you know, if they're happily married, yep. um, you know, I think there's layers and levels to it, and a lot of times you can tell. Um, <laughs> joking. You can you can tell not not always, but sometimes you can tell where where a woman is simply by how intentional her presentation is. 
So, and it's not to judge, but it's like, oh, you know, you can tell, you can tell sometimes by the way a woman walks and she's not even, she don't even acknowledge you. She is happily involved in a relationship and you can't do nothing but, uh, <laughs> but tell her she dropped her sunglasses or something. Ma'am. Yeah. I know. I'm not interested. I'm not- you dropped your sunglasses. You dropped your damn glasses. You know what? The hell with your glasses. You can tell sometimes by the way a woman carries herself that she is not interested in any any you know menial you know random relationship. She's happy. So so address her on that on that level. When I say you hit the nail on the head, that is so true. You see somebody walking up the smoothie king, you be like, she didn't, she didn't look your way. She didn't just. I mean, she's just focused, and it's like, and you wonder, mm-hmm. and you wonder yeah. like what her story is, and yeah. it makes you very intrigued because if she is single, she is so satisfied being single, you know. And if and if and if she's mm-hmm. married, she has she's operating a high level of integrity where she she her eyes only focus on her husband. You know what I'm saying? So as men, I don't think women recognize yeah. that we as men we see that and we value that and we honor that. So that's a, that's a no. We do, and it's and it's, and it's the same. Like the, I'm different when I'm if I'm single. You know, you might get more of a hug. <laughs> if I'm dating somebody, you getting a church hug. You Unless you're a family side. member, you getting that. You got to get the jump. You got to move <laughs> the jump away to the side, and you kind of give them that side thing here. You got to get the junk out the area, though. You got to move the junk. And um, that's if that's me. So don't take it personal. But I can't. Ain't no lingering. You know, ain't no. Ha, 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 ha. You can't be you. I can't let my female friends be kiki keen and rubbing on my shoulders or something. <laughs> you so funny. That don't happen if I'm dating. We can't. OK. All right. Now, cut that. Shit. Get me in trouble. Now. Give me a shot at so yeah, it's it's. I think behavior changes on both sides when oh, when we we decide to commit to whatever it is that we're ready for. Christian, I'm over here dying. Church dogs are a real thing, man. <laughs> they are. They so they so real. He said, "Move the junk out the way." <laughs> Got to scoot the junk over. <laughs> Christian, listen. I'm proud of you. I'm glad of every. I'm, I'm proud of everything that you're accomplishing. I can't wait to the day I see. Hold on, before we, I say this, when you get into a relationship, at what point would you post that woman? Is it at the engagement, or are you gonna just hit people over the head and say we married and post a picture on the wedding invitation? <laughs> can't attack what you don't know about. No, I say I say this. I've seen, and this is my my rationale. One, I've had, I've, I've literally been on a few different parts of that. I've had a woman ask me after two weeks of dating, how come you don't post that? I'm like, because we ain't built. What do you mean? We ain't built nothing. We done been out three times and I kissed you on the cheek and walked your ass to the house. And that's, and we haven't built anything. I'm not posting you. People are so worried about the presentation ship of a relationship. A presentation ship is a real thing. A lot of people have presentation ships. You don't have a relationship. Y'all have a whole bunch of really great photogenic moments for social media. That's it. And and I have seen people spend a quarter of a million dollars for a wedding, for a marriage that ain't worth 15 or $20,000. Yep. And I'm not going to be that person. I'm not valuing the, the visual presentation, the oohs and ahs over what's here. If I bulletproof this, 
And then they see me and my woman at the concert. Hey, Keys, I heard you was at the concert with a shorty. I was like, yeah, I guess if you if you saw the picture, that must have been me. And that must have been my woman I was with. And at the comedy show and over in Can- Cancun or Jamaica or whatever, whatever, they'll see us when we out. Yeah. But I'm not advertising until it's time for that. And if that's a priority for her, then that's probably not the right person for me. I want to focus on the relationship and the concrete nature of it. And, and building that foundation and making that thing bulletproof and Kevlar and Teflon. And once that's there, then it'll take care of itself. It'll start, you know, people start seeing things. They'll start seeing us post and we'll, we won't even think about it. You know, hey, babe, I'll put that picture up today. Your, your butt was looking real good in them jeans. I had to put it up. Um, and, and it'll just kind of be something that happens by its, by its own. That's good. That's good. That's real. That's real. I believe in that same philosophy, though. Like, like. Yeah, I'm not finna be because if you if you operate it on the other spectrum, you'll be posting different girls and be one man. What, what happened to her? Next thing you know, a couple yeah. weeks later, you posting another. It's, come on, it's, yeah. Yeah. and then you got to keep going back to your social media like <laughs> and oh, deleting stuff. Right? <laughs> delete delete all of these pictures. <laughs> this one got forty thousand likes. I'm not going through all of that, man. When y'all see me post, it's real love. Yeah, and and that's that, and it's solid. Yeah. It's solid. It's something that you believe in. And I'm in happy and I yeah. got peace. So be happy for me. And nobody didn't swindle you and force you to post it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna post us? We ain't built nothing. A couple weeks later, <laughs> I ain't gonna say who she was dating. She was dating a well-known comedian. I'm like, damn, you moved quick. She didn't she wasn't into me. She was after that next that, that next come up. Bless her heart. I hope she ends up happy. Did he post it? Was, was it posted? He ain't posted. <laughs> Bless his heart too. It ain't my business. But uh, <laughs> she lost both times. She said, somebody gonna post me. She said, I need this some is likes. Fresh L. That's okay. Listen, I'm happy for it, man. It's it's that was God's and and I'm quick to be like God. If this ain't right, yeah. Shake it up. Yeah. Please, please remove this relationship. Let it be so chaotic that we we can no longer stay. Like, please make it obvious. Yeah. If not, then please give us peace. Yeah, give us peace in this thing. And and he will answer. But he we will. just got to be ready and prepared to have that poop person up, you know, up ushered up on our life. Yeah. Yeah. That's It'll good. Happen. That's good. Well, 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 Christian, thank you for showing up as your authentic self, as you always do, man. I really enjoy speaking to your brother. I'm proud of all the accomplishments that, that, that you've accomplished thus far and everything that God is going to bless. He's going to definitely bless the work of your hands. He's already doing it. Uh, again, much love to the, to the project that's going to come out on one of the books adapted into a TV show. Uh, looking forward to find out which book that it's, is. It's one. It's one. <laughs> it's one. Ladies' night. <laughs> it's ladies' night. It's, it's one. Of <laughs> it's them. like ladies' night. I already know it is because that's that right there. Look like it's gonna be something. Look like it's gonna be something. Yeah. Uh oh, gonna yeah. be trouble. Uh, trouble. Look like that's about to be something. Man, listen. Without further ado, give it up to my boy Christian Keys. Man, thank you so much, man. Good having you on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Appreciate you having me, brother. Talk to you soon. Discover. Uncover. Recover love. With the new Dear Future Collection. The journey starts from within. Let your inner thoughts find freedom on the pages of this richly hued Dear Future Blue Sapphire Edition Genuine Leather Journal. It features a cross-stitched spine and luxurious cording 
to bind your deepest insights. A great accompaniment is the Dear Future Luxury Bamboo Fountain Pen. There's nothing more intentional than the writing process of a fountain pen. This is an elegant writing work of art. Join the thriving community of fountain pen enthusiasts and purchase one today. These exclusive items and more are available at dearfuturewifey.com. Really enjoyed talking to my boy, Christian Keys. Uh, like I said, I've been knowing this brother for many years. I really wish I could have had him in the studio. I feel like uh, I just really dislike doing uh, virtual interviews or conversations with, with, with people because it lacks a, a level of uh, intimacy that I prefer while we're in person. Well, this is an interesting month because this is my birthday month. Y'all hear me talk about that all this month. My birthday is March 29th. Um, and I've decided that this is the month where I begin to date intentionally. On my podcast, I say journey with me as I discover, uncover and recover love. The discovery phase is what y'all have witnessed thus far, where I've been gleaning information from different guests, uh, as well as doing the work on myself to really come up with what I truly desire uh, in my wifey and um, made my list. And and um, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. I think it's pretty dope on what I desire, what I believe looking over my past relationships that didn't work, things that I wish that I had in those relationships, uh, things in myself that I felt like I needed to overcome to become the one for the one. And, um, so now it's time to start shaking some trees and seeing what kind of fruit falls out of it. So dating with intentions means this. Even before the confirmation of her being the one, I will still treat her as if she is. Let me say that again. Dating with intentions means even before the confirmation of her being the one, I will still treat her as if she is. What does that truly mean? It means that everything that I do, the way that I will move, the way that I envision our relationship starting out, uh, even just in the get to know you phase, that I will treat her with honor, respect, and I will treat her as if I'm courting my wife. Before it's confirmed that she is my wife. That's why it's so important for me to walk in this this act in this vow of abstinence, because it sets the precedence of truly seeing the person for who they are, giving each other the space to be able to function in our truth and our authenticity and our transparency without being uh, jaded by sex and allowing that to enter and possibly destroy the relationship. So that's where I'm at right now in the month of March as I approach my 43rd birthday. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what God does. So I'm totally submitted to his will. Dear future wifey, I feel you closer. Like my own breath against my upper lip, I feel you closer. 
My mind has shifted from casual to intentional. You won't become a casualty like Jesus on the 40th day after his resurrection. I'll love you ascensional to heaven and back. Our hearts will dance like Fred Astaire as I stare into your eyes and inhale your rare air. Let's dance. Your oxygen resuscitates my soul. You stand so regal and bold. I see it for myself. I don't need to be told. Let's dance. Follow my lead. I got you wants and needs. Baby, let's agree. We'll follow the melody in our hearts as angels play strings and we'll dance. We'll dance. Baby, we'll dance from holy matrimony into eternity. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.